0: This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer.
1: Boy, we got a lot to do on this evening's edition of the show. We'll talk hockey. We'll talk a little basketball, baseball. We got lots to do, so let's go to work. At 1-800-919-3776, also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Mike and Brian, we're here until midnight, then there's Freddie Fitzsimmons on 98.7 ESPN, hey Gordon, how are you?
0: Larry, how we feeling my man on a nice Monday night, huh?
1: It was so nice to look outside today and see that there was precipitation that wasn't white.
0: Oh really? We had some snow here in Jersey. Did you really? I had rain. And I I got to be honest with you, my daughter is 10 years old. She looked at me. She goes, it's snowing again? (laughs) When a 10-year-old is disgusted by the amount of snow, you know there's been too much snow. It's been
1: a lot. It's been a lot. Gordon, this was an interesting weekend in sports here. Um, I had the show last night, so obviously a lot of folks were were talking about the Knicks and the Nets, and we'll touch on them in a minute. But I think from a hockey standpoint, and obviously, you know, the Islanders win tonight in the game you just heard here on ninety eight seven three two over Buffalo. But it was a Rangers team that, you know, with a different lineup, started to win. And then the news that comes out today, which is which is very disturbing, because when you look at what uh, Artemi Panarin has been able to do, uh, and you look at what he has meant to this team, I mean, you look at all the leaders for this year, scoring, points, everything, it's him. And now that he's taking the leave of absence, obviously for personal reasons, and you understand it, Uh, and just for those who aren't familiar with it, the news comes after a Russian newspaper published allegations from uh, Panarin's former KHL coach, which is the NHL's Russia's NHL version, claiming the winger got into a physical altercation with an 18-year-old girl in Lafayette in 2011. And in that interview, the coach said Panarin, quote, sent her to the floor with several powerful blows, end of quote. Now. Uh, obviously the Rangers through a spokesperson. Panarins declined to comment on the on the comment further on the topic in the days following. The post first mentioned the fact that he was getting a leave of absence. The Rangers issued a very strong, strong denial of the story and everything. And Gordon, I mean, this is this is about as scary as it gets and, and it comes from a number of different angles when we look at this. The first angle is boy. How great is it to be in the United States, right? When you have the opportunity to, if you disagree with things, you have the opportunity to speak out. Look at what has happened over the situations during the summer here where athletes had the chance to speak out against things they did not like and against the, the, the various incidents that happened over the summer. And so they were able to speak out and nothing happened to them. That's number one. Number two, the really, really scary thing about this, Gordon, is Panarin's family is still in Russia. So, I mean, what does he do? Does he, you know, does he go back? Does he, I mean, he doesn't want to go back, but he's got to be concerned about what's going to happen with his family.
0: Yeah, and obviously he has, uh, you know, the Rangers in the statement said that he vehemently and unequivocally denies all the allegations. They called it a fabricated story, that it's an intimidation tactic because he's been outspoken on, uh, you know, various political events that have been taking place in Russia. So... Uh, I don't know how the NHL goes about doing an investigation into these type of allegations. Now, look, if it turns out that there is something to it, well, by all means, that he deserves to be punished and punished uh, strenuously. But for something that uh, apparently happened in 2011, right, he comes out and starts talking about things that are going on politically in Russia and, and apparently uh, support of the, you know, the other side, uh, the, the opposition leader to Putin, and all of a sudden these things kind of pop up. It seems very – it does not take a big leap of faith to uh, to see how it, it is possible that this is completely a fabricated story uh, in regards to Artur and Panarin. So uh, we'll wait and see what happens, but uh, we'll hopefully th- it just seems very hard for me to believe that the NHL is going to be able to conduct a thorough investigation into something like this, but we'll see where it goes.
1: It is going to be interesting, and it appears as though we'll hear from David Quinn in a second. It appears as though going that obviously the Rangers, what he has expressed to the Rangers, they believe him. They're backing him. At this point, the NHL is backing him. But you are correct. It is how do we find out whether something actually happened or not? And I agree with you. The timing of it is bad at best. I mean, if this is a situation that has happened, truthfully happened, and he has gone unpunished for it, once again, I agree with you. He should be punished if it's done. But it looks—it doesn't look for real when you see that after his comments, this is when this comes out. Now, the question going forward, Gordon, is what happens going forward? How long is he going to be away from the team? Okay, uh, can the team afford to miss him at this point? Because it's, it's a scenario where the team is just starting to, you know, line change, different lineup change. They turn the corner, got to win uh and this he's been really in the team that's underachieved he's been their most productive player so where does he go what happens to the team going forward
0: yeah and the fact you know think about the day and age that we live in now where where organizations when they get uh informed of type of these type of situations generally put out a statement and it's much more where you know while we might support the player or support the employee we will await the investigation. The ranger statement is saying they vehemently, or that Artemi vehemently and unequivocally denies it, and, and this is a fabricated story. For them, and, and an intimidation tactic, for them to be that outspoken tells you that they have all the faith that this will turn out in uh, Panarin's favor. So we'll see where it goes, though.
1: Absolutely. Here's what David Quinn had to say on the Panarin situation.
2: I know there's going to be a lot of questions on Artemi and obviously we made a statement as an organization and there's really not much more I can elaborate on that other than the fact that, you know, he's someone we care an awful lot about and it goes way beyond hockey and we're here to support him. I know Ryan Strom spoke earlier and, and really just reiterating the things that Stromer said. I mean, we're here as a team and these guys care for each other on and off the ice. This organization does a phenomenal job supporting everybody that works for it and, you know, we're going to help Artemi through this difficult time.
1: And here's what Ryan Strom had to say.
2: Can't really say too much, but I think he's in good hands. The Rangers
0: uh, do an unbelievable job of, you know, having a good support system for players for, you know, any anything we need. And obviously this is probably a little bit unique for everybody, but he's in good hands and you know, he's such a good person. And good teammate. He's been a great role model for me and so many of the young guys and just his personality and his attitude and, you know, the way he carries himself. So we wish for the best for him and obviously, you know, give him his time to get things straightened out. And I guess we'll go from there. And also, Gordon, I'm with Don
1: LaGreca, a member of the Michael K. Show that you can hear Monday through Friday from 2.55 to 7, and also a member of the Rangers broadcast team, weighed in on the situation with Panarin.
2: And I would just be worried what could be next, right? Because, all right, they, that gets thrown out there for all the reasons that the Rangers and the NHL believe, that it's, 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 it's a way to get back at him for not showing support to Putin. All right, well, the, Russia should be smart enough to know that this isn't going to go anywhere. Like if Panarin didn't do it. So so what's next? Will 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 all of a sudden they produce a a girl who who then possibly also brings up the story? Like that's what I'd be worried about. I'm sure that's what Panarin's talking about right now. What what is the next move here? All right, he's denied it. Everybody's got his back. The league's got his back. The Rangers have um his back what what's Russia's move now is that it well we just wanted to aggravate him and, and and cause him some inconvenience or is there going to be more that he has to prepare himself for because this coach who apparently is a Putin supporter how far is he willing to go because this is just the news report does he speak out now does a woman come forward you know and so if it doesn't die what what's his what's his next move just continue to deny is there any is there any legal recourse he has?
1: And see, that's the interesting question, Gordon. Why is that? Why, why? Why are they bringing this out? What is it from Panarin that they want? Do they want him to come back and play in the KHL? Do they? What's the end I think the they want him game? to not
0: be very vocal in uh, in opposition to Vladimir Putin. I think that that might be, because uh, see like, I again, you know, I always preface it by saying I don't know a lot about mm-hmm. hockey, but when this story popped up, it was, you know, obviously interesting and and, uh, you know, it's going to be a big story. So you do just a little bit of research and you find out that Panarin has been a vocal opponent of, of uh, Putin for a while. And whoever the opposition uh, political guy is, I'm not, I don't know how to pronounce the guy's name, but whoever that is, he's been in support of that guy. So we, we know how that generally goes when you're in Russia. So even when you're not in Russia, apparently they are keeping tabs on people who are vocal opponents of Vladimir Putin. Yeah,
1: that's clear. I'm just wondering why now if he's just been speaking out. This is not the first this is not the yeah. first comment he made. So what is it about maybe it's what he said? The other concern I have Gordon is what's what what happens to his family? I mean, they're still over there and he's got what's he go try to get them out? I mean, what is his next move?
0: Yeah, it's, it's look, scary. for the NHL for the Rangers, you know, trying to put all the pieces together in a nor- you know, just uh, when there's an allegation, right? He said he said she said that's tough enough to, to put all the pieces of the you know together there, where you're not uh, you know a law enforcement organization. So that's difficult enough. Something yeah. like this that apparently took place a decade ago and is only being brought to light now, with all the different ramifications that we've touched on and everybody's kind of touched on. I think touched on. I think it's going to be very difficult to come to any type of co- uh, conclusion quickly. That's for sure, right? Yeah. Like I don't think that this is going to be the type of thing where a day or two that uh, Terry Panarin is going to be back in the Ranger lineup.
1: No, he may be done. I mean, you know, how the question is, Gordon, I mean, how how do you play with a situation like that, wondering what's going to happen with your family?
0: If if the allegation is enough to keep him off the ice, though, then Putin wins, right? Like, if if this is a whole stage thing to keep him, to shut him up and to get him, you know, off the ice and out of the spotlight, well, then the other side wins. And unfortunately, you know, we don't like to talk about this because – Sometimes if there's an allegation, we just immediately sometimes want to jump to the conclusion that the person is guilty. But this does happen on the other side of things, too. So you you can't just jump to conclusions as quickly as as, as some would like sometimes.
1: Yeah, it's true. And as you mentioned earlier, we don't have a whole lot of information. And Gordon, I don't see a whole lot of information coming out (laughs) about this in the near future.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, as Don said, maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe they will produce a woman who has these allegations it seems like just the reaction the general reaction to the allegations has been to to kind of scoff at it even from you Mm. know not just league circles not just ranger circles but just sports circles political circles so i would like to think that this is going to be handled in a quick fashion but it's such an unusual thing right i don't i don't think we've ever had something like this before where you can kind of use as a blueprint or a guide to say all right this is how long this is going to take
1: yeah not at all 1-800-919-3776 hey bruce from flushing lead us off on the espn new york tonight
3: hey larry going how you guys doing um there's some way so many ways to tackle this question i'm going to just look at the at the hockey um questions about this number one to me the Rangers' season is now on life support. They had trouble enough scoring goals. We're out Panarin. We're out Cheeto, who's still injured. Carpo is out with Coven. If he's out two three weeks, this season could be over. I mean, I know the, the, the stand line is next man up, and, you know, we all have to go 100% or whatever. But the bottom line is. This is not a good offensive team. And you take Panarin away, it becomes a bad offensive team. Now, if you're the Rangers, do you try and trade for something for the deadline? you try and trade something now? Or do you wait for the summertime because there are rumors abound about either Crosby coming to the Rangers, which was talked about down Drager a couple of weeks ago, or Jack Aikon. Jack, they go from Buffalo. Hmm. But those deals are probably to be done in the summertime. So, if the Rangers, what do you do to plug the hole?
1: It's an interesting question, Bruce, and I think the Rangers have to figure out, first of all, I think really they have to go on the assumption, and thanks for the call, Bruce, they have to go on the assumption, Gordon, that he's not coming back. I mean, that's what I would think. Okay, I would say, you know what? I don't expect him back. So, here's what we have to do. We have to make a decision, either – we we can try to see if we can get somebody else going, or we're gonna to have to make a deal to get somebody else here. If he comes back, great. We have depth. We we have we have you know, we we've got our player back. But if he doesn't come back, and even if he comes back, Gordon, I don't know what shape he's gonna be in mentally. I don't know if he's gonna be able to focus and continue to play at the level that he's played so far this season.
0: You don't think he's coming back at all this year, or are you just think that for the, like the next month you have to just approach that he's not gonna come back?
2: Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I mean, I would think at some point he is going to come back this year, uh, mm-hmm. whether or not, you know, what are they, 20 games in, 15, 20 games in?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, with the way that, they, you know, the kind of start that they've gotten off to, it's, it's not exactly great to begin with. So now taking, you know, one of their big stars out of the lineup and, and a guy who can score some goals, uh, you know, what, what are they going to look like in a month? You, you yeah. know, Bruce might very well be right that the yeah. season might very well be, you know, if he's out a month, you know, a couple of weeks, you probably could make do, but yeah, if you're talking about a month, you—I mean, what are they? Six, seven, and three. Yeah, they played 16 games, six, seven, and three. They got 15 points, so yeah, not great.
1: No, no, and and once again, the other thing is, and I'm sure he'll he'll want to come back because he doesn't want them to win over him. So I'm yeah, sure he'll course. he'll do the best to come back. But then again, Gordon on the other side, I don't know what pressure they've got on his family over there. I I don't, you know, there's there's a lot of variables yeah, to the scenario here.
0: It's a it's a very unique situation. You know, it's, and it's I mean, we've seen other things in the past with um, uh, who was the guy on the next that, uh, you know, was very outspoken about Turkey. Canis uh, Cantor in his cancer. But it didn't rise to this level. Right. No. Like it didn't mm-hmm. rise to having an allegation come out. And look, maybe the allegation is true. It's just it's very dubious that it took uh, a decade. And the the guy who the allegation is against is somebody who is speaking out publicly uh against the leader of the country so
1: yeah it is it is just you know just (laughs) for for the rangers and their fans
0: imagine getting that that call if you're david quinn
1: yeah exactly or john davidson
0: yeah right how
1: about that you know okay so and and they have to once again yeah and now they have to go into gosh we're already struggling like bruce said what do we do Okay, do do we roll the dice and all this talk about Sidney Crosby and stuff? And, you know, it's, it's been – I've read it. I've heard some of it about this, you know, bringing the older guys here to try to help the young kids to learn and, and so forth. But when do you make that deal? I, you know, do you make that deal in the off season? I mean, Gordon,
0: I, I – I, I, Look, it's again – just so much up I, in the I, air. I'm not you know? the hockey guy, but it would seem hard for me to believe that they're going to uh, make some sort of blockbuster deal at this point when the team is struggling this much so far yep. in the, the beginning of the season. Could they make you know, a, a deal to, to bring in a piece or two to kind of boost the offense in the short term and then hope that Panera comes back and then you can add him back to the mix? Yeah, maybe. Maybe they do try to shake things up because even before this happened, it seemed like they could use a bit of a shakeup. So, mm-hmm. And you're getting into the, the, the part of the season, right? We're not a week or two in anymore where right. you, can, you start to see some deals in sports like this. But yeah, uh, I, in terms of a blockbuster, I, no, I don't think that, that would be the right approach.
1: No, I think that's off season. I agree with you. I think that that happens during the, during the off season when you, you know, you kind of see where you are. You know what's going on. You see, you kind of evaluated your team because who's to say? I mean, depending on how bad the team is or the, or the final record, you may have you may be looking for a new head coach. And yeah, so, if you're looking a changes, for a new head coach, right? yeah, you're looking for a new head coach. Then you know you got to consult him as to what some of the moves are. So, of course, we'll keep an eye on what's going on with the uh, Panarin situation here on 98.7 eight seven ESPN. Gordon was listening to uh, Matt Miller. He's our NFL draft guy. Yeah. And he's breaking down quarterbacks. And a couple of things that, start, you know, jumped out at me. First of all, there's a report on uh, Pro Football Talk that says, oh, by the way, the Jets will make their decision on the future of Sam Darnold." after they evaluate all the top quarterbacks in the draft. Now, this is um, Ian Rappaport <laughs> of NFL Network uh, has this out. So, okay, look, I think they've already done that, but I'll play along because you want to go to the workout days and you want to see how they you – know, you want to have the conversations and stuff. So I get it. I'll play along. Gordon, I think they've already made their decision on who 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 they want to draft. And, and I think right now they're weighing in on the outside shot about Deshaun Watson, who, from what I hear, teams are calling Houston for t- asking about trades, and they're not even returning people's calls at this point. So they're dug in to say that, okay, we're not moving him. So that's out in the drift somewhere. But I think they know what they want to do, and they will just listen and see you know what the best deal is for Sam Darnold. If it's a deal they like, they'll move him. If it's a deal they don't like, you know they'll wait, but I still think that they're going to take a quarterback in this draft.
0: Yeah, well, look, we, we still got a ways to go. Uh, the thing that I read today that made me laugh out loud was that the Jets were going to, um, before they made a decision on Sam Darnold, they were going to wait. Right? They were going to they were going to go through all the quarterbacks that are available in the draft this year. Well, look, yeah, I mean, I would hope so, right? Like, <laughs> right? You're not going to trade Sam Darnold and say, "All right, well, who who's in the draft this year?" You know, I'm not. I really haven't been keeping up of course they're going to look at all the quarterbacks before they make a decision, but you would think it's not like the, the, you know, they weren't in the draft lottery and got the second pick. They knew they were getting this. They knew that they were going to have either the first or second pick going into this draft. So that, that scouting process has, it's not exactly begun in the last month. So I agree with you. I think that they are, they know deep down, maybe they haven't made a final decision because they haven't made a trade. So it's not final until it is, But, yeah, I think that they know which way they're going to go, and I think that it is going to be a quarterback at number two. But we shall see. I mean, there's a lot of people on the other side of the fence, and it does seem like the Jets have done a masterful job of keeping everybody guessing.
1: And there are people in that building at One Jets Drive in Florham Park who really – he's got – Sam Donald's got some supporters there who think that – you know what? He's shown enough – he's teased us enough – to think that if we put things around him and different coaching and stuff, he could be our guy because, quote, he's only 23, end of quote. And, you know, I understand that. I can see that. But for me, Gordon, and and I know how you feel, for me, I'll just state it again. For the things he can control, he can't control who's around him. He can't control who they put on the field. He can't control all the, the personnel. He can't control that. But things he can't control, the nuances of looking off defenders, Gordon, not predetermining where you're going, not staring receivers down, not move, not holding on to the football too long and just advancing it, even if you run it for three yards instead of losing it for ten, it's a big difference on your next drive. The things that he can't control, he's not done it consistently. So I, don't, I just think, and, and he watches film daily, I just think it might be time for you to move on and get another quarterback.
0: You know what I wonder, and maybe it's kind of unknowable, what influence the ownership puzzle has in this? Because Woody being back, Sam seems like the, even let's leave the on the field stuff off of it for a second. Mm-hmm. There since any time either Christopher Johnson or even when Woody could come out, there always seemed to be this um, responsibility, it felt like from ownership from the front office that they had an obligation to set up Sam. For success, and I think e- leaving well, how he has played, I think that the Jets as an organization have kind of failed in that obligation, right? Like you remember Joe uh, Douglas telling the the fam- Sam Dar- Dan- Darnold's family that they were going to protect him and they mm-hmm. were going to take care of him, and I feel like ownership might have a, a stronger hand in this rather than just the X's and O's because they feel this obligation to have uh, or this responsibility to set up Sam for success, and it has not happened. Now, part of that, I think, is on Sam. You think is on Sam. We all kind of think is on Sam. But I wonder with the owners whether or not they're kind of leaving that part out of it, and it's the personality. And it seems like from across the board, you can dispute how he plays on the field, but the personality, the person behind the scenes that they've gotten to know since they drafted him, they all seem to like. They all want him to do well. So I wonder how much ownership is going to have a hand in the decision on who the quarterback is going to be. Because if that's the case, I think there's a better chance that Sam is back rather than going out and getting uh, somebody at number two.
1: It would have to be ownership, Gordon, because clearly Joe Douglas didn't draft him. So he has no loyalty to him. So, you know, Douglas has no loyalty to him. Mm -hmm. Salah has no loyalty to him. So Mm -hmm. it would have to be ownership. And then the question becomes – which owner is going to pull rank? Is it going to be Woody? Is it going to be Chris? <laughs> now, we know Woody's in charge, but Chris was here.
0: Yeah, but I, it just seems like every time that Chris came out and talked, and I think I'd have to go back and look. It feels like whenever when Woody would come out and talk about Sam, the way they would talk about him in such glowing terms, it was almost like he was their son. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they and they always talked – it always seemed like there there was this obligation by them that we have to take care of Sam, that we have to – he's our – he's the bright light. He's going to be the guy who guides us and all that. And, look, part of that is you say that about whoever your quarterback is. Sure. But it feels like – and, you know, I mean, I I don't want to speak ill of the owners, but it seems like for owners who – maybe you don't have the, the finger on the pulse as much as other football owners do about what ne- what is needed and what is not needed for success, that that personality, that relationship might weigh more on them than maybe a, a, another owner, you know, like uh, yeah. that, that has had more success than, the, than the, the Johnsons have had.
1: The bottom line is it's going to come down to whether they will listen to their football guy, and their football guy is supposed to be Joe Douglas. So if they listen to their football guy and the draft folks and what they say, that's going to weigh in the decision. The big issue here, Gordon, as we've talked about over and over and over again, is the money. And so from the ownership standpoint, it's very simple. Have you seen enough from this young man to pay him $25 to $30 million a year for the next couple of years as your franchise quarterback? And the answer is no. No. I don't care how you feel about it. From a monetary standpoint, the answer is no. Now, are you bringing him back one year to give him one more shot? That can be debated. But up to this point, he's not a thirty million dollar quarterback.
0: No, he is not. I don't think that there's really any. I know I'm <laughs> supposed to take the other side of things and debate no, you don't this have further, to. It's but true. no. I mean, no. Uh, any, it's clear. If, <laughs> you're, if you're sticking with Sam, you're still three years in, basing it on the potential that you saw three years ago.
1: Yeah. And sometimes, eventually, potentials got to pay off. At (laughs) some point, right? It would be nice.
4: Zach Wilson, a guy who I was saying last week, I'm here from teams, their teams are like Zach Wilson, more than Trevor Lawrence. So Jets fans got to be pretty excited about that. And then, you know, Justin Fields, two amazing years in the Big Ten. I don't think there's a better combination of arm strength and athleticism at the quarterback position in this year's class. And then you have the enigma of Trey Lance at North Dakota State. He started 17 games in college. He threw one interception, and that was this year. So there's a lot of upside out there with those quarterbacks. And it, It's understandable that people are, are you know what, let's, let's just hit the reset button all the way around on this.
1: One of our NFL draft aficionados, Matt Miller, who was on DCR this morning. Yeah, D.B. Trokanter, Rotherberg. You can hear them Monday through Friday from 5 to 8 a.m. here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to ESPN New York tonight. Hardesty and Damer and Gordon. I, it could change. I know, and it probably will change and go back and forth. And you know, listen, who's to say that by by draft night, Trey Lance will be going number? Speculating of him going number one. Uh, with the way things are going,
0: teams like him better than Trevor Lawrence, Larry. <laughs> I know. I don't believe you. If you're telling me that you like Zach Wilson more than Trevor Lawrence, I don't believe you. I'm sorry.
1: I, I don't. Maybe I don't one guy,
0: but yeah. several teams now. All of a exactly. sudden, I, I, I'm sorry.
1: Exactly. And We haven't heard. And wait a minute. Wait a minute. Mac Jones is climbing the ladder. Oh, of course, climbing. Mac Quir- Jones.
0: Everybody loves Mac Jones. <laughs> well, I would say this to these people: If you really believe that Zach Wilson has the possibility of going number one instead of Trevor Lawrence. A, Jet fans would be ecstatic. Secondly, I would say <laughs> hop on FanDuel, promo code Gordon. Yes. They have odds there. If you take anybody outside of Trevor Lawrence, you will be making some major banks. So I would do that right now and put your money where your mouth is.
1: There's no doubt about that. No question about that. But listen, it's it's either I think it's either going to be Fields or Wilson, and obviously they'll go back and forth, and some like Fields and some like Wilson. Um, and I don't know. And see, the other wild card here is, do you blame Gordon, do you blame the school or do you blame the individual player? Right. Does does Haskins issues hurt fields on how you look at him, Right. Yeah. OK, you look at them individually. OK, I know I have to analyze them individually, but still they're coming from the same. You know the, the the same coaching staff. So is one gonna? Does that affect how I look at Fields? Does does Haskins hurt Fields in this situation?
0: I always hate the whole. Well, you know what? That school doesn't produce any great quarterbacks. That school, all like oh, those quarterbacks are all by USC, right? <laughs> They're all busts out of USC. Show me the, the the university. Show me the college is that that's just producing guys year after year. Like Patrick Mahomes is the best guy. Who's another Texas Tech guy that that, that let the yeah. wo- lit the world on fire? That's right, you're right.
1: You can't. <laughs> it wasn't the the kid Amato, who Jay no. Armado, who, who yeah, the just no. drafted that tight end. It wasn't him. <laughs>
0: I, I'll tell you this right now, Larry. If you were to hop on Fanduel right now, right yes. this second, and bet say a hundred bucks mm-hmm. on uh, Zach Wilson being the number one pick, since all these yes. people are telling you that, yes. you would make three grand. Wow. Three grand off of that. Promo code Gordon, though. Promo code Gordon. I get a cut. That's what promo code Gordon now. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> I will chase you down now. Yeah, right? You
1: imagine? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. It, would be, it would be fantabulous. Listen to before we get to the calls. Listen to this deal. Now, this is uh, Peter King. This is his proposal for the Jets to get uh, Deshaun Watson. Ready? hmm Six for one deal.
0: Oh, <laughs> jet fans <laughs> already don't like it.
1: Oh, it's it's great. Oh, you'll love it. Okay, Sam Darnold. Okay, Quinn and Williams.
0: Oh, they're not gonna like that.
1: First round pick in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. Okay. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> second round picks in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty three. And but there's more. Oh, Jesus. There's, There's more. There's more. There's more.
0: <laughs> I was weighing that. There's more. There's more. Okay.
1: Plus, now he he writes in his analysis, the proposal, he mm-hmm. hopes that he's skeptical that Douglas would make this move. Obviously, he knows he'd be right. thrilled to get Watson, blah, blah, blah. He's a guy that likes to build through the draft, big homegrown average. Here's the, here's the other thing, though. One other factor here. With Houston in some cap trouble and the oh, Jets a with a monstrous 68 million in cap space – Texas could ask the Jets to take the guaranteed $10.5 million 2020 contract of Whitney Merciless, the linebacker, who Gordon last season had, let me see, he's got uh, four sacks, and he had no picks, uh, did not, was not, uh, was not, uh, five tackles for loss, nine assistant tackles, 21 Combo tackles. He had twenty-one nice. tackles and four sacks. All that for that Deshaun Watson.
0: That is. You can't
1: make that deal. You can't make that deal.
0: Well, look. Let's go through it one by one, right? Darnold, you have no problem giving up, right? No. no. The second pick in the draft. I mean, if you're going to get Deshaun Watson, you have to expect to give up some picks. Sure. You have two picks next year in the draft. So 2022, mm-hmm. I don't know which pick it would end up being. I'm guessing it would probably be whatever the higher pick yeah, is. Yeah, well, just what he right, said, you said, the higher pick. All right, you have a first-round pick. mm mm-hmm. uh, This year, you would give up, what, second-round pick this year?
1: Yeah. Uh, First-round pick this year. Sec- uh, no, first-round pick this year, second-round pick this year. So second overall and 34th overall. Mm-hmm. Second round pick of uh, well, higher of New York's first round picks. Two first okay, round so you're picks next up one, year. One,
0: one next year. Right? Well, do the Jets have two twos this year, or just one two?
1: They have two twos this year. So, the, so all right, they have so their look, two, and they have uh, the the Seattle two. You're
0: they giving have their, up one of your first round picks this year. You're giving right. up one of your first round picks next year. You have right. ones in both years. Right. You have a second. You have another second this year. Right. And you have another second next year. Right. Do you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think they do. Okay.
0: I think they so, and, all and of a, a sudden, you're just going down to the normal amount of picks you would ordinarily have. Mm-hmm. I don't like to give up Quinn and Williams in the deal, but if push comes to shove, I think I have to deal. Look, that I, I, it, it does sound like a lot, but if you want to get somebody who is walk-in-the-door, ready-made quarterback, franchise guy, I don't know. That doesn't sound that crazy to me. I think that the, if he does get traded, it's going to be something like that. Yeah. And the Jets are probably best positioned now. I don't know if he wants to go to the Jets, mm-hmm. but out of all the teams, you'd have to say the Jets are the best positioned to withstand all of that, giving up all of that and still being able to put a a team around them. Yeah. And then they you don't would. have to, the next 10 years. You don't got to worry about any more quarterbacks. You got your guy. I don't know. I don't I don't think it's that bad. I don't want to take on Whitney Merciless, but... No, I
1: really don't.
0: <laughs> yeah, that might be. I that don't want... the might thing I mean, that's the last thing that... you when you're down, right? Like, all right, you said yes. All right, how about this? How about this?
1: Well, you said you wanted the pass rush, and we got one. Yeah, there you
0: go. <laughs> and you can
1: pay him, too. You got money. You got $16 million over the cap. Go ahead, under the cap. Go ahead, pay, pay.
0: Yeah. I just pulled up the article now. Uh, it's, it's, I, you know me. I'm looking to what oh, Miami absolutely, about. Of course. Miami trades uh, Christian Wilkins, to... First round pick, twenty twenty one. The third overall pick, twenty twenty three. First round pick. Second round picks, twenty one and twenty two, for Watson. Yeah, I mean, I, I, will just say for myself, if that, if the Dolphins make that deal, I'm, I'm sold. I'm going out, and I, I was actually thinking about the ways that I could put it out in the universe to push a deal through. If I go out and buy a Tua Tonga Viola jersey, that jersey, it, it's, it, it's a streak that has gone back many years, will be obsolete within a year. So that's the way that I get it done, Larry, is I go out and I pay whatever it is for one of those shirts, and by by hook or by crook, either by injury or by trade, he will not be on the team anymore.
1: So you've got to figure it out.
0: (laughs) I do. I'll just put it out in the universe that way. Although it could come back to bite me that he's just not, he's just, you know, has some sort of injury and he'll never play football again, which I don't hope, I obviously don't want to have happen either. Of course not. At one
1: eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Also via Twitter at ESPN at Gordon Damer at ESPN NY ninety eight underscore seven FM. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. We're talking a little bit about the Jets. What are they going to do at quarterback? And Gordon, before we get to the calls and get your deeper analysis on what uh, Peter King has in store for your Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Green, Jay Blaze, NYC. My nephew, Uncle L, Uncle L. I personally saw Wilson play Navy. He's a small guy, Bree's smallest, Rush minus the big lower body, Arm is gangster, but he's not a big dude, straight up. Wait till you meet him. And this is something, Gordon, that other people have said, other callers have said about him, They they're concerned, And it, it opens an interesting debate. I was watching, I think it was NFL Live, and they were having a debate over quarterbacks now. I think it was Ryan Clark. And they were talking about, Gordon, how, it used to be the 6'6", six, six, stand tall, stand tall in the pocket and fire the ball down the field. And now it's the quarterback that can, can, that's quick, that can move, that can have speed, you know, that that that's a guy who, you know, can keep the play going, that you don't really want a guy that just stands into the pocket. So we understand that, but there's, Gordon, there's taller people <laughs> that can stand in the pocket and move. And I yeah. think that's one of the concerns. And it's going to be interesting to see if this affects – how teams actually decide where they're going to draft Zach Wilson. Are they going to draft him for what they believe his arm strength and everything is, or is the size situation going to be in hindrance?
0: It doesn't seem like it is right now. Like, we'll see. Again, we got 70-something days until the draft, but it it, it does seem, and and that's one of the things, just watching highlights, and again, that's all I've watched on, on Zach Wilson is highlights, and he does look amazing moving around, throwing on the run, but the one thing that struck me right away was that guy's the same height as Sam Darnold because Sam he's Darnold seems like so much bigger than him. Yes. And yeah. maybe it's just the weight. Maybe it's the fact that he's run you know, Wilson's running around and Darnold, you know, he runs around some, but not as much as the highlights of Wilson. It just doesn't seem like they're the same size guy, but it doesn't no, seem like it's it going to prevent him from going number two. Like if the Jets don't take him at number two, someone else is going to take him at number two. It seems like. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Mike's in Newark. Hey, Mike, you're next on 98.7. Hello?
0: Hey, Mike. Hello, you got me? That's yeah, hey. Mark. Mark, what's going it on? Man? Mark. He says, yeah, Mike. I have Mike I on my
5: board. That's my, that's my brother.
0: <laughs> okay. Got you. What's up, What's guys? up, Mark?
5: Oh, man, look here. Just chilling. Just chilling on the call, hoping they don't call me. <laughs> uh,
6: uh,
5: uh, <laughs> um Okay, uh, I'm just at my wit's end now, guys, uh, straight up. I I, I don't want to have no more solutions. What I don't want to do, I don't want to give up Quentin Williams for nobody, period. He's a budding star, and that's that's my view on that. So they could talk all that trade mess. Quentin goes nowhere. Um, secondly, I've just reached the point that it's too much newness, Larry. It's too much. We got we got a new coach. We got a system that's proven to work, but we haven't paid it yet. There's just too many unanswered questions, and all this is about Joe's rebuilding, uh, building, not rebuilding, building the squad. So I've just reached the point where, hey, look, if he gets the tackle, I'm good with that. If he uses free agency money to bolster the line, I'm good with that. Whatever he does at this point right now, since everything is going to be new and about the way he wants things done, he's a proven winner to me, so I'm going with that. I'm just done speculating. All
1: right, Mark. I hear you. Thanks for the phone call. Um, that That's one way to look at it is – and listen, there's a lot of Jet fans who don't want to give up Quentin Williams either, Gordon, and you understand why. You saw what he did last year. You could see that he's a guy. And, and listen, no matter what you say, no matter – I don't care what the trend is in quarterbacks. I don't care what the trend is in your offensive style, whether it's the pistol, the run and shoot, you know, five wide. I don't care what it is. Gordon, football doesn't change fundamentally. You win in the trenches. And when you have a guy that showed you that he has progressed the way Williams has progressed from year one to year two in the trenches, you really have to take a long, hard look before you give that guy up.
0: Yeah, no, look, I understand why they don't want – he's your guy, right? And and it Mm -hmm. wasn't like he was a third-round pick. He was a third pick in the draft, so he was very high up as well. I just know me, and -hmm. if it were me and it were my team that was on the phone and they said, okay, this is what it's going to take to get a deal done for you to get Deshaun Watson under contract, franchise quarterback, 25 years old. And they said, well, it's a deal-breaker. You have to include Quinnen Williams – I have to include Quinton Williams.
1: Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on ninety
7: eight seven. Oh boy, <laughs> what's going on, guys? Uh, hey, Buddha. Listen, man. You know, first of all, with the trade and everything, I believe it when I see it. I, I don't think the Watson's a stupid guy. I don't know if he would want to come here with all of this stuff that needs to get done here either. So, you know. I personally love Clinton Williams, but if that deal that you said was the deal that would get him, I would make that deal. But I don't even know if he wants to come here. So let's not do the hypothetical thing. Um, you know, the glad man, like your whole assessment of Sam Donald, you know, I called um, your man Bullet Bob with Shoes in last week. You know, <laughs> uh, he really irritates me. I have to be honest with you, man. I miss the days of Howard David, you know, Dave Jennings, but that's a whole other story. You know. He sat there and he told me the exact opposite of what you're saying. I asked him, "Was Sam Goddard an anticipatory throw?" He's anticipatory throw. He said, "Yes, he is." I said, "Does he look at the receivers?" Um, what did he said, "The receivers get no separation." He like he gave me every excuse in the book. So, you know, this is the kind of thing that's making me wonder. And and the way they look is like they don't really know exactly what they want to do. I got to disagree with you on that. I don't think they know what they really want to do. And you know, personally, personally. If it, if it was up to me, you know, which I'm not a GM, I'm taking Fields. You heard what your man Miller said. I, I like that guy, whoever that guy is. I heard him on um, KSG, KSJ this morning. He was like, look, Fields has the best combination of arm strength and legs. And, you know, that's what the NFL, it, 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 that's what it is at this point these days. Look at Trevor Lawrence, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be a bad player, but he doesn't look to me like Andrew Luck Look. Andrew Luck was physically a little bit more mature than him. But also, if you really pay attention to the offense that they were running there at Stanford, Andrew Luck was required to do much more in college. This guy has had some of the best wide receivers, the best skilled players. These guys are wide open when he throws the ball to them. And don't get me started on that Zach Wilson stuff. Your nephew, um, DeBlaze, Mm -hmm. man, listen, he, he ain't never lied. He is little. And that competition that he was playing against, that means something. Them five nine corners, you know, he's athletic, you know, to an extent. There's a difference between college athletic and pro athletic. The same way there's a difference between you're a good college quarterback and you're a good pro quarterback. We've seen these guys come down the line. The Geno Toretta's, the Ty Detmers, the, um, the the Warfles. I mean, you, you look at them. The receivers are making unbelievable catches. I really don't want that dude. If they really, if that's their plan, I personally would hope, you know, and I I don't really want Sam to come back for his benefit and for our benefit, but if they're going to go with Wilson, I'd rather they figure out some way to trade back a couple of spots and get the best player, the best player in this draft, offense or defense, ready-made to step on the NFL field and ball out is that kid Kyle Pitts from Florida. Watch the games. Watch the film. He is the best player at his position of any player in this draft. And that's what they need to focus on. If they Zach Wilson, come on, man. That is a disaster waiting to happen. Come
1: on. I hear you, Bula. Thanks for the phone call. That, that, that's your guy, isn't it, Gordon? Kyle Pitts.
0: Pitts. That's your guy. Well, look. If I had to, if I had to put money on one guy in this draft outside of obviously Trevor Lawrence, but one guy that I know is going to be good. I don't know if he's going to be an All Pro. I don't know if he's going to be a game changer. But I know that guy can play. Just by watching him, mm-hmm. that guy, Kyle Pitts, can play. So I have now. Some people question whether or not he's really a wide receiver. If he's a tight end, some teams don't to qualify him as a tight end. Some teams are calling him a wide receiver. I don't know. That guy looks like he's a physical freak and can go up and get the football, can do everything. So, um, yeah, I can understand why Buddha likes him. I think a lot of teams are going to like him. And I've seen one mock draft where he actually went like four or five. So that's really high up there because he was, at least early on, seemed to be kind of in the range of the Giants at 11. I thought that that would be a perfect fit for the Giants. Get an offensive weapon who can kind of do a bunch of things, red zone, all those type of things, and can hold on to the football, which has sometimes been an issue. But, yeah, it (laughs) seems like uh, a lot of people like Kyle Pitts.
1: And the other thing with, you know, and so the difference allegedly, Gordon, has been with, with uh, you know, scouts and whatnot is that Wilson seems to process the, the information a little faster than Fields. But on the other side, if you're telling me that Fields is a little taller and Fields can move a little better, then if he's not sure of the information – he'll move, he'll run. He won't sit there and just, you know, he's not going to sit there and just wait and see to get sacked. That's what you would hope. You would hope that he would, you know, make that adjustment. It, it is so fascinating in talking to several young quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, after their first year in the NFL, Gordon, most of them said, because I asked them, what's the biggest adjustment? And you, you hear about speed and mm-hmm. you hear about, you know, different types of defenses you see. The biggest adjustment most of the quarterbacks said to me was the speed of your line, your defensive line, that the speed of your ends, that they get to you faster than they do in college. And so that because of that speed, it causes you to speed up that much quicker because you're waiting for open because, as Buddha said, and you know, Gordon, what's open in college, yep. you, you will never see it in the National Football League unless somebody fell, fall, falls down and, and blows the coverage.
0: <laughs> that You'll is never true. see it that no, open. I mean, absolutely, and you'd have to think that playing at Ohio State that uh, the Justin Fields would see a little bit more of that speed than maybe playing at BYU mm-hmm. for Zach Wilson. But, yeah, it's going to be an adjustment for everybody.
1: That, and that, and for them, that was the biggest adjustment. Aside from the speed and all the other stuff, was you know, I, and obviously the different defenses and stuff that you and the decisions that you have to make on the fly. But it's the speed of your defense, and so you you may have been able to outrun some defensive linemen in college, but week after week, Gordon, you're not going to beat you're not going to beat these linemen in the National Football League. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. And look, it's not just that Wilson is – it's not that it's just his height, right? Like, his mm-hmm. height is listed at 6'3". Just his body type just yeah. seems kind of look smaller. You know, like yeah. Russell Wilson is supposedly only 5'11". He might even be shorter than that. There's never been a time where you looked at Russell Wilson and thought, you know, oh, this guy's going to get hit, and, and he's got hit a ton, right? And yeah. uh, he's been able to withstand that because he just has kind of a thicker body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, if <laughs> – Zach Wilson is going to need some time in the weight room <laughs> when he arrives. That's for sure. <laughs> Artistine to see till midnight on 98.7 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Going before we get back to the phones, Nick Mangold, the former Jets center, was on the Jake Ashman show on Map Radio, and he was asked, plain and simple, would you trade for Deshaun Watson? Here's what Nick Mangold had to say.
5: My biggest concern of that is giving up too much to get one player. The Jets have so many holes as it is right now. If you do have to give up a lot of draft capital, that could hurt us in the long run. And no matter who you have back there, if you don't have an offensive line, you don't have any weapons on the outside, it's not really going to matter. If you could get him for a reasonable price, I think it'd be fantastic. I mean, he's a top 10, maybe a top five quarterback in the league. To have that known quantity be able to come into your organization would be fantastic. But if you have to give up everything to get him in the long-term run, which I think Joe Douglas is looking at this, looking for... you know, long-term success, would that really help you? I don't know. And that's something that uh, Joe gets paid plenty of, (laughs) plenty of dollar bills to, to make that decision.
1: Uh, franchise quarterback helps you win. That, that that helps you get sustainable success, right, Gordon?
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I look, I get not wanting to give up draft picks, and you don't want to give up draft picks from now until kingdom come, but the Jets have the ability between the two number ones this year and next year to give up one this year, give up one next year, give up another pick here or there, and still have as much money as they have in free agency. Now, I know Joe Douglas's track record in free agency has not been great, but there this idea – that if they make a trade for Deshaun Watson, there's no way they'll be able to put a team around him. Still, they still will have – I don't think they're going to give up – if they give up a, – a, a, make a deal for Watson, they're not going to give up the two ones this year, the two ones next year, and more picks, and Quentin and Williams, and, and, and take a bad contract back. Yes, you have to be able to build a team around Deshaun Watson so you can't leave the cupboard bare, but the Jets have a lot of options, a lot of weapons at their disposal this season to be able to build a team around whoever the quarterback is.
1: Yeah, and you know it's gonna be tempting. It's going to be very tempting if if you can get a Deshaun Watson at twenty five, Gordon. I'm just saying you have to you have to really try to make that deal is work as close as possible with that fine line of okay, we're not giving this up. If we have to give up a, a four number one, sorry, we're not making that deal. We're not doing that. But there has to be – there's got to be a line in the sand that you draw to say, you know what, we'll, we'll make it – we can make it happen. So, I mean, you're only – there's no guarantee that any of these quarterbacks Gordon, are going to be as good or better than Deshaun Watson. You already know what you're getting in Deshaun Watson. So there's right. no there's no argument there.
0: It just, it well, look, I'll tell you right now, if uh, Deshaun Watson were in the draft this year, we know who would be going number one.
1: And it wouldn't be Trevor Lawrence.
0: Nope. <laughs> it wouldn't be Zach Wilson. No. So no matter how many people like grand.
1: it. <laughs> Promo code Gordon. Yes. Call him in the Bronx. You're next on
4: 98.7. Larry Gordon, thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm a Giants fan, but my perspective on the whole Sam Darnold thing leads into also Daniel Jones. Um, I think now in the now days in the NFL – Quarterbacks, you figure out whether a quarterback can elevate, or you're going to have to delegate positions on your team to elevate him to make a to make a team better. You figure that out in the first three seasons of a of a quarterback's career. You look at you look at Herbert, you look at you look at Patrick Mahomes in his first season. You can tell that these guys are going to be able to elevate players. Now, teams, coaching staffs have a factor in it, but after three seasons, if you haven't been able to elevate and prove that you can elevate. Daniel Jones has got one year left in my mind to prove he can do it. If not, I think the Giants should move on. But you already have figured out that Sam Darnold needs help. There's guys out there that needs help. Need, just like Baker Mayfield, in my opinion, him and Sam Darnold are about the same. They need help. You get a good offensive line, you get good coaching staff, you get good weapons, you know, top five positions all across the board they could take you to the playoffs and possibly win you a Super Bowl. But they can't elevate. Yeah, I, what you're yeah, I mean, saying, look, Cullin. in terms
0: of the quarterbacks that did not show that in the first t- couple of years, there's basically in the, in, the, in the last 25 years, there's two guys. There's Drew Brees and there's Eli Manning. Usually if you're a top five, top ten quarterback, yeah, you absolutely show evidence and, and consistent evidence that mm-hmm. you can do it week in and week out by the end of year two. Now those two guys – they showed some flashes, and then it eventually, it, it finally, it, it worked. But you're right. If you don't show it usually by year two, year three, it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately for the Jets, the other wild card about this Gordon is the fact that he's been hurt every year. Yep. I mean, well, okay, we put an asterisk with, uh, you know, the, the, mono. The, the mono he had last season. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> you you, you, you got to be available to get paid as, as my franchise quarterback. You got to be available. Trey's in Brooklyn, Texas. He joins us next. What's up, Trey?
8: Hey, yeah, all we're talking... Yo, uh, Buddha brought up that kid Kyle Pitts, man. Yo, he would help out the Giants a lot. He's a hybrid. Larry, you know who he reminds me of? Who that? That kid Waller from uh, the Raiders. Oh,
1: Derrick Waller? Wow.
8: Yeah, you know, how they, you know how they use him as like... They use him like a tight end wide receiver. This kid, he high points the ball. Oh, my God, man. He's a... Yo, he would help the Giants out a lot, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't think Evan Ingram is coming back with the alligator arms. He can't come. Is he coming back?
1: <laughs> I don't know. But he, he, he was a, he's
0: in the Pro Bowl. Come on. He was a Pro Bowler <laughs> this year, Evan Ingram. You will refer to him G, uh, properly.
1: Gee, I was at the Pro Bowl this year. Come on now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, that was a strange one, right? Yeah. But, was but over that's Gordon. Gordon has already, the, yeah, Trey, the Gordon has already mentioned him.
1: <laughs>
8: I'm just man, please. But yeah. this kid, Kyle Pitt, he's a baller. Buddha was right. He can high point the ball. He's tough. He's tough with uh, with uh, with D backs and corners. And he's six six, man. You can't teach six six. So it's almost like you're, it's almost like you're bringing that Hakeem Nicks type back. But you can throw him in that slot, man. And he can, and he's a, and he's a way better blocker than Evan Ingram. I mean, my nana's a way better blocker than Evan Ingram. But wow. I'm just saying.
0: Well, blocking is apparently is not part, you know, not really one of his strengths. I mean, he has a lot of strengths, uh, and we, we hit it on the other day. That we have, I found one scouting report where it listed about 25 different positives. The one negative was not impactful in the blocking game. So, I mean, look, if that's the only thing he can't do, that's fine. Uh, but, it does, yeah, it does seem like Kyle Pitts is a guy who is going to be – and you think about it, right, in the red zone, being able to catch passes, 6-6, six, six, he's expected to run – Four fours, and he's at 230 pounds, probably. So he is a huge offensive weapon, however, you want to use him.
8: And he's going to make Kyle Trask a lot of money, too, because that kid was just literally throwing the ball up and turning his back. Like, this kid is the real deal, man. I'm telling you, whoever gets this kid, and if the Giants are smart around 11, if he's available, I cannot see them not taking this kid, man. He is. He's definitely going to be a, a, a quality, a quality either uh, wide receiver, tight end, whatever you want to call him, a hybrid. I like his game, Larry G. I like his game a lot. I I think you, it translates you know to the what, NFL. Trey, you know what the
0: problem the for the Giants, and maybe it won't turn out to be the case, but you just go through all these mock drafts. This is not a great defensive year. They're like, there's no real like uh, not, franchise not pass exactly. rusher or anything like that. Right, right. You're talking about a lot of quarterbacks going early. You're talking about the three receivers going pretty early. You're talking about Pitts going early. So the Giants sitting at 11, there's a very good possibility that the, the receivers are off the board, mm. Pitts is off the board, and they're sitting at 11 maybe taking, you know, Mika Parsons, who's a fine player, but not really what they, they need. I mean, they need to get some playmakers on that team.
8: That's a good point, G. Good point because this is, yeah, this this draft right here is not going to have a lot, of, uh, a lot of pass rushes at the top. It's, yeah, you're right. Um, but as far as the Jets though, go, I'm gonna leave my analysis to Chris from Manhattan because you know that you know he he's got he get, he got a key over there at Flory Park. You know he got he got the little key pops. <laughs> he, he, he in the building. So I'm a, I'm gonna let him do them Jets because you know there's a lot of holes over there in Flory Park. So a lot a lot of holes lots. need to be filled. A lot lots. of holes need to be filled up there. So I'm gonna lean on Chris for that. Y'all have a good night, man. I'm gonna listen to the show, man. It's a great show tonight,
1: though. All right, Trey. All right, Trey. Thanks for checking in. <laughs> Right now, let's go back to the phone. Mike is in Queens. Hey, Mike, you're next on 98.7.
9: Good. Evening, Larry. Gordon, how are you? Mike? On a rainy, really cold Monday, a very bad way to start the week. Nobody wants to start the week like this. Now, tomorrow, a high 42, low 33. 10 to fifteen mile winds, west, south, west. And this Mike, weather update going for the part to to of the, the day. We don't need the weather. To Andrew, I took promo code Gordon. The Jets, we discussed this before, They're one giant hole. Now, when I – now, this is if they don't trade for Watson, because that's another hot topic which I don't want to get into. I think this year their plan will be no Watson. And honestly, I – to say that they, they don't know what they're going to do, I think they might have some idea, but it's not set in, set in stone yet. They're still – do they move on from Sam? I think there may be a – I think there's a part where they, where they keep Sam. They trade down. Do they, they, do, do they take a wide receiver, an offensive lineman, uh, a DB? So I think there's, there's a chance they do keep Sam. They try put him in, in the system, take the hit next year. Because this is one guy – oh, and Larry, I mean, Gordon, this team – the players they had, I could list on one hand. They have one wide receiver, one offensive lineman – and if the middle linebacker plays, that's that's another guy. They have two safeties. If May stays, so trade down, uh, trying this year, trying and add to the offense. And you hope it's, with with background, if you can get a, a DB a corner, maybe you can. Maybe you, the, the lack of pass rush, you could pull it together, and you could buy yourself a time uh, next year. But this team is it's really complicated. There's so many ways to go to even get to 500 that. There's no that that's the only goes is that how do we get to a 500 record because this team is just a total disaster and they're doing good with they would GM a coach you now, just built through the draft, use, use the cap money and piece by piece get it together. But I think they'll keep Sam and try and add to the offensive line the the, the offense this year in round one.
1: All right, Mike, thanks for checking in. Listen. That could happen. There's no question about it, Gordon. Uh, They might decide to do that. But if they do, then they're really saying that he's got one year to show them. All right? And the downside to that. But then what?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like if you're saying he's got one year to show them, you're not going to have the second pick in the draft next year. I
1: hope not. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so I mean, like you're just kicking the can down the road and kind of hoping that Sam blossoms into, and that's what it is. It's a hope. It, there's not really anything that you can see consistently week in and week out. And I'll go back for anybody who's the you know the, the Sam Darnold believer, the cult that I like to call them. You can go find individual performances by Mitch Trubisky or Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota where look, wow, look at this, wow, look, this is, this is him growing. But week to week, over the course of years, they didn't show that consistently enough. And that's the group that Sam is in.
1: Yeah. It's it's and once again, the major point, there's two major points. Once again, as you mentioned, the fact that you hope that you're not in this position again. God. So you not. so you, you want to take
0: it won't be you, Joe Douglas making the call, maybe. It sure won't.
1: <laughs> it won't it, and it might not be the coach either. It might be a whole yeah. bunch of new people. Right. You know, that's number one, is you don't want to be in that position again where you have to end this trying to pick number two, as you mentioned. But number three is, Gordon, is, suppose he does well. And then you pay him the money, and then he doesn't play well. Now yeah. what?
0: Right. There's almost naturally going to be some – if he is the quarterback here, right, and you use these picks to to find linemen and, and weapons and receivers and a running back – almost certainly the team is going to have just improvement by osmosis, right? Like you can't go 2-14 and 14 again. So I'm sure if he were ever to stay healthy for an entire year, you'd say, look, this is another sign of progress. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that progress is fool's gold, man. It's, just, uh, it's not as much as you – and he needs not just a small amount of progress before you're ready to say he's the guy. He needs to take a giant leap forward, and I, I don't know, man. I would not be risking all that on him.
1: And even if he did, you would wonder if he right. could do it again. Sure. Because it would be the only time that he's done it. <laughs> so you you still you, so next year you're in the same spot. Is he our guide? Should we trade him? Should we move on? The only the only benefit it has for you is if you decide to trade him, you could get more for him because he would have a better year. That's the only thing. And then you still would be looking for a quarterback.
0: Yeah, and but then the team that's trading for him is going into the fifth year. Yeah. Yep. So they're going to they're gonna have to find somebody, and it doesn't seem like, maybe it is, it doesn't seem like there's a whole bunch of teams out there licking their chops to get their hands on Sam Darnold.
6: Uh-huh.
0: You know, yeah. who are you talking? You're talking about the Bears. You're talking maybe Pittsburgh. You know, maybe this team, maybe that. It doesn't seem like there's this huge feeding frenzy for uh-huh. Sam Darnold.
1: And there shouldn't be. I mean, what is he do? for the same reason that you're trying to get rid of him is the same reason why yes. you're not going to get a number one pick for him.
0: Well, you know, at least that there was a team out there who said, you know what, look, they, you know, Adam Gase was a disaster. The weapons were a disaster. Everything was a disaster around this guy. We could steal this guy for a second-round pick, and we'll have It doesn't seem like there's a whole bunch of teams lining up in an off season where it's all about quarterbacks changing teams. It doesn't seem like there's a whole bunch of teams out there saying, you know what, we could get Sam Darnold.
1: Yeah, and you know, well, because health is not relying on the coach.
0: <laughs> and, and just imagine, just put yourself in another team's position, right? Like, say, instead of being a Jet fan, you're a Bears fan, right? You just got done with Mitch Trubisky. You, you know that you're finally going to get an upgrade at quarterback, and they, 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 you find out the next day it's you're getting Sam Darnold. Are you excited? If you're a Bears fan, are you excited by that? Lateral move. I, I kind of think it is, At yeah. best.
1: You're yeah. thinking it's a lateral move. You're, what you're thinking at least it is, wasn't
0: Carson Wentz.
1: Exactly. <laughs> He's going to be cheaper. We we won't have to pay yeah, him, that's not for sure.
0: <laughs>
1: yes. Richardson Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on
10: 98.7. Hi, Larry Gordon. Uh, Juwan Howard. we got to talk about this guy. Look at the job this guy is doing with Michigan. What a story. His first year back, he was a star player with the Fab Five, went to the NBA, good player in the nba coached in the nba never coached on the college level and his first year back he's got them at the number three position in the country i think it's a great story i never root for michigan but i'm (laughs) rooting for them now the last time larry i rooted for michigan you'll remember this 1989 you remember that when that coach you remember the coach? I forgot his name. He went Steve to Arizona Fisher.
0: State. Yeah, Steve yeah. Fisher. Uh, toward yeah, the end of, right at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. I finally and got Bo one of the like... questions. <laughs> yeah. I feel so proud. I feel like I deserve a medal. They usually took place in like 1968. 1989, right? Yes, yeah, so 1989.
10: On. And I think his name was Steve Fisher, right? I he got... replaced Friedland.
0: Am I talking to the wall here? I, I, I just <laughs> said Steve Fisher. Right, I
10: got right, it right. 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 I'm sorry, Gordon. No, That's okay. Uh, what happened, what, what I remembered was Beckler? Uh, uh, the guy, uh, Frieden just said right before the tournament, he says, uh, "No, I'm out of here. I'm going to Arizona State. They're giving me more money." Schenckler said, "Okay, we don't want him. We don't want an Arizona State guy coaching a Michigan team." And he put uh, Fisher as a coach, and he had that great run when they beat Seton Hall in the final. So I'm rooting for Michigan this year. I think it's a great, great story. I love it. I love the way they played against Ohio State. That was some game, too. That was an old-fashioned Big East game Sunday. That's mm. what that reminded me—an old-fashioned Syracuse Georgetown game Sundays. Uh, Ohio Howell's State. done Michigan. a nice job,
1: Richard? He really, has. that was Thanks a great guy, Juan Howard. I'm rooting yeah, right now he for the guy. Yeah, he's done a nice job. Thanks for the phone yeah, call. Nice yeah. He, you know, listen. He learned a lot sitting on that bench in Miami. He yeah. doesn't look
0: any different. He hasn't no. aged today. He, no, he none still at looks all. like he could play.
1: There's there's a picture in his attic though.
0: <laughs> yes, it gets you right. What was that, Dorian Gray? Do- yeah, that you know, you're on been a, a road. Richard question. He probably has some to tidbit on that right now. You know he does. He, uh, I know he does. <laughs> I was so proud I finally got one of Richard's questions. And He didn't want to he give just it. up. To it. He's so used to me never getting them. He just he just <laughs> figured it was in his own head.
6: <laughs> Jimmy's in Manhattan. Hey Jimmy, you're next on 98.7. eight uh, seven. Hello guys, how you doing tonight?
0: Jimmy, what's up, man?
6: Guys, if you think Zach Wilson will be drafted ahead of Trevor Lawrence, you don't need FanDuel. You need rehab.
0: uh, (laughs) Well, no, but you can make some money on FanDuel if you think that. Put your money where your mouth is.
6: Well, you can also lose money, too, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. Which I can attest to personally. uh, You know, I'll tell you the problem for me with the Watson trade is, suppose Watson gets hurt and he misses significant time or he plays at a lower level after you gave up so much. And personally – I still like Nick Foles, will not cost you that much to get him. And how has Philly done except for the two years Foles was the starter? And I'd like to make one other comment. The people who run the Steelers are way too smart to take in Darnold. I don't think they would do that.
0: I don't know. That's just one of the – you know, I'm just floating teams out there. I have no idea if they have an actual interest in Sam Darnold uh, or not. But that was just one of the teams that could be in the market for a quarterback, uh, well, look—you can say what the what, what have the Eagles done with since Nick Foles has been there. What has Nick Foles been since he hasn't been with the Eagles?
6: Yeah, that—that's true. But he's been playing on, on Chicago, which is a bad team and a bad franchise. And uh, if you you put him on a decent decent setup, if this coach works out and uh, they put together some offensive players, I mean, so he was an MVP in, saying, the, the, Jets is in a the good Super situation Bowl. Well, I mean, as we move forward, if you've kept all your draft capital because yeah. you didn't pick up Watson, you might be able to put together a team. I mean, Foles was great in the playoffs for Philly, and then the next year they weren't even going to the playoffs when he became the starter. So the end of the season, and he lifted them up and got them into the playoffs. I think they won a game in the playoffs. So they did. the well, guy they can did. play, and he's and he's not going to cost you much. To but here's the, the problem at, with it, Jimmy. You know?
1: Here's the problem. And yeah. thanks for the phone call. Yeah, he's not my future. Yeah. He's not my I mean, future. Can I'm, I'm you imagine here. you
0: trade away <laughs> Sam
1: Darnold? <laughs> and then you have to press conference. We're bringing in Nick Foles. Hey, Nick Foles. <laughs> Listen, if that's the case, I might as well keep Flacco. Right. <laughs> I don't have to trade
0: I anything. He's already on the roster. I, I love the people. Well, you know, you could trade for Deshaun Watson. And he could get hurt. Well, anybody could get hurt. <laughs> if that's the only knock you got against the guy, he could get hurt. And, and, Sam and gets oh, hurt regularly.
1: And, and oh, by the way, Chicago might be better than the Jets.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if this past year, yes, they are.
1: Yeah. They're, they're better defensively. And they got more weapons. They might yeah. be better. <laughs> so, so I know you said he he had a bad team, but he's coming to our <laughs> He's coming to better. a worse team, right. record-wise. They were, right? I mean,
0: yeah. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight.